Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name's David. Uh, really great to be here with you. I add my welcome to Tiffany's welcome. Uh, it's a delight uh, now to uh, have a look at the Bible with you and uh, hear what God has to say to us. And so as we do that, I'm going to pray for us. Would you please join me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Uh, we thank you that you speak to us. And we thank you that you are here now. Uh, we know your love for us. We know your desire for us to know you, uh, and, and particularly uh, and especially through the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who died for us. So help us now, as we look at this, to understand, uh, to know you better, to love you more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a few years back, uh, I had a go at surfing. I don't know if you've ever had a go at surfing. Uh, I live, is not me, by the way, someone else. Uh, I lived, I look worse than that. Um, I, lived, I lived near the beach and I saw people surfing all the time and I thought, yeah, that looks easy. You just stand up and go for it. Uh, so I had a crack at surfing and uh, I was terrible. Uh, I, was, I was just horrible. Every time I tried to stand up, it was like someone was just pulling a rug from under my feet and I'd just fall back. And, um, you know, when I'm not good at something straight away, I just quit. Um, that's not good advice, by the way. Um, <laughs> I remember Homer Simpson gave that advice to Bart. He said to him, if something's hard, it's not worth doing. Okay, terrible advice. Uh, I don't teach my kids that. Uh, I, I make them do piano. That's hard. They keep going. Um, but I was thinking about, you know, things that are hard uh, that we, we maybe give up on. As I was reading this passage, um, you know, because, you know, following Jesus can be really hard. Uh, and it's something that you might think looks actually quite easy, you know, you might think, you know, it's easy to follow Jesus, you just believe in him, you know, you, you go to church, uh, you read your Bible, you pray, easy. It might look easy, but like surfing, once you get out there on the waves, uh, it is really quite hard, and maybe you've found that in your life. Uh, it's hard to obey what Jesus says, okay, it's much easier just to, just to do whatever you feel like, that's easier. It's hard to speak about what the Bible says to people uh, when it's not popular these days. Much easier just to keep quiet, keep it to yourself. Now, it's really hard to stand out from the crowd for what you believe in. It is much easier just to fit in and go with the flow. And so I'm sure we all know people who have maybe begun their Christian life, uh, but at some point it got hard uh, and they walked away from following Jesus. And look, Jesus knew uh, that it was going to be hard to follow him. He told his followers, the world hates me, it will hate you too. You know, Jesus' way was a way of suffering, uh, suffering in the world, following him. And he knew that it would be the same for all those people who followed him. And so one question that the Bible is really keen to answer for us is, why would Jesus go that way of suffering? And why would anybody want to follow him on that way of suffering? And so I think this is why we, we, have, we have so much in the Gospels about Jesus uh, on the way to the cross, about him suffering like we read about today. And so in John 18, we see here, uh, Jesus begins his final journey to the cross. Uh, we see him begin that way uh, of suffering. And we follow him. Now, we cannot cover all the rich details that are in this passage, uh, but one thing that I think John wants us to see, and I just want to talk about today, uh, is, is to see how Jesus uses his sovereign wisdom and power 
to save those he loves. Uh, That's what we see as Jesus approaches the cross. Uh, And we're told this so we'll know why he went this way, why he had to suffer and die. And we're also shown how he did it. So he could give us a great example of how to to follow him on that way so that his followers, uh, when they take up their cross and follow him, uh, when life gets hard, they won't give up, but they will keep following Jesus on that way, keep looking to him uh, and endure to the very end. And so the lesson we're learning today is, is that maybe some things are hard, but they are worth doing. Following Jesus can be hard, but it is worth doing. And that's what we're going to see today as we have a look at John 18. So please, you've got your Bibles. I love that some people are still bringing in the paper copy. Get it out, John 18. There'll also be verses on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. Now, so just a bit of context. Uh, we've been going through John as a church, and we've been in John 13 to 17. Those chapters uh, were just like one big meal that Jesus had with his disciples, where he was preparing them for what was coming preparing him for his death and resurrection and for life when he had gone. Uh, That was chapters 13 to 17. And now in chapter 18, we pick up the story again. And so have a look at verse 1 and we'll see what happens next. Uh, When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, there was a garden and he and his disciples went into it. Uh, So here's a picture. Kidron Valley is just outside the city of Jerusalem there. And that is a possible place where this garden might have been, where Jesus went with his disciples. And uh, this was a garden that they went to often. And Judas would have known the place. uh, And now Judas turns up again with a mob. Um, Now, just quickly, flashback to chapter 13. Um, At the start of this meal, uh, Jesus had predicted that Judas would betray him. Okay, and then Judas had left the meal uh, and now he returns to Jesus and his disciples. Uh, And we read this. So Judas came to the garden, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns and weapons. So I just want you to picture this. Um, this This detachment is like hundreds of Roman soldiers along with some other officials. It's at night, they're carrying torches uh, and weapons uh, to Jesus, okay? Uh, And and so you think, "This this is a scary scene. What does Jesus do? Well, Jesus uses his sovereign wisdom and power to save those he loves. Uh, And and first, the first thing we see is his wisdom. We are reminded that Jesus knew that this was going to happen. Uh, In fact, he planned it this way. Uh, He he went to this garden because it was a place they were familiar with and he knew that Judas would also be familiar with it and that he would come to this garden at this time with this mob and this would begin Jesus' final journey to the cross. Uh, Jesus knew this would lead to his arrest, it would lead to his trial, lead to his crucifixion and death and, of course, later his resurrection. But he knew all those things were going to happen He could have avoided it quite easily, uh, but that is not what we see Jesus doing. Instead, in verse 4, it says, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? 
And so we see his, his knowledge, his wisdom there, uh, but then we see his power. Uh, when they ask, they ask for Jesus of Nazareth, and Jesus' response uh, literally floors them. Uh, he says to them, I am he. And what happens in verse 6? They drew back and fell to the ground. I just picture that, these, these soldiers, these, these officials, uh, Jesus speaks two words to them and they fall to the ground before him. And that's because with these words, Jesus is actually revealing his true identity. Right? This, when he says, I am, uh, he's actually using a, a reference from the Old Testament, which was the name of God. Right, this is kind of like a scene from Undercover Boss. You ever see that show, Undercover Boss, where you know he puts like a fake beard on, and he's like, you know, the boss is the employee, and then he reveals himself, and everyone's, wow, it's the boss. Right, well, that's what's happening here. Jesus is the boss, and with these words, he's revealing that he is to these people, and it just knocks them over. But but here's the thing, right? Uh, this mob is here because they they know Jesus has been claiming to be God. And that's why they want to kill him. Because how could this man be God? We don't believe that. This man deserves to die for that. And so they come, uh, and with just two words, uh, Jesus shows them the truth, and it just floors them. And so we see here, Jesus in the garden is showing us uh, that his wisdom is God's wisdom. His power is God's power. In fact, Jesus is, is God. And they have come to arrest their creator they've come to arrest the one who who made them who loves them now look you know we are limited in our wisdom and our power there's lots of things that we do not know there's lots of things that we cannot do uh, but but jesus is not limited in those ways Uh, he knows all and he can do all Uh, and so what does he choose to do with all that power and wisdom well he chooses to save those he loves and that is his disciples i have a look at verse uh, eight and nine here up on the screen Uh, jesus answered i told you that i am he if you are looking for me then let these men go but this happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled i have not lost one of those you gave to me and now what what john is referring to here is something that jesus has said earlier in john's gospel in chapter 6 and we'll flash that up now john 639 uh, jesus had already said and this is the will of him who sent me that i shall lose none of all those he has given me but raise them up at the last day now, and barry sorry if you just go back to the previous slide you can see how he's referring to that passage is that all right well done uh, you know, it's funny that, you know, this, this promise that Jesus makes, uh, you know, back in chapter 6, um, you can see that it's actually for the last day. It's actually for the, the resurrection and eternal life. And so why is he saying that, that now it's being fulfilled? Well, what's happening now is, is just an example of what is going to happen then. You know, Jesus, as he saves his disciples from this mob, uh, he's giving them a taste of what he will do in the end uh, when he saves them eternally and completely and ultimately. It's like, just like I've saved you now, I will save you then. This is like the dress rehearsal uh, for the way that Jesus saves. As he protects them now, they will know that they will be protected eternally. 
That's what Jesus is doing for his disciples here. And so, you know, if you know Jesus, if you believe in him, how wonderful is it to have Jesus on your side? Uh, this is, you know, this is the strongest kid in the playground is your best friend. Okay, you have, you have nothing to fear. Your lunch money, that is safe, okay? That's not going anywhere. And so what makes, you know, what happens next really strange uh, is that, you know, um, Jesus is so strong, he's so powerful. And that's what makes what happens next this really strange occurrence because Peter, one of his disciples with Jesus, uh, decides to lunge forward and take on the mob with his sword and he cuts off a guy's ear. Who cuts an ear off a guy, by the way? That's, that's just crazy. This is a crazy thing to do. But in this moment, we see Jesus actually shows us that's not the way. That's not the way I'm going to save you. Uh, I'm going to show you the way I'm going to save you, Peter and disciples. And so uh, Peter has, uh, Jesus has his response here as Peter lunges with the sword. He says, put your sword away. Uh, salvation is not going to come through the sword. It's going to come a different way. It says, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? So in other words, this, the way of salvation is not through defeating the mob with the sword, but it's going to come through Jesus drinking the cup the Father gives him. And so what is the cup? Well, the cup he's talking about here is it's from the Old Testament. It's an image of God's judgment, uh, particularly God's wrath or his anger against human sin. Uh, the cup is like this, this bitter cup. It's hard to drink. And God is pictured pouring it out upon uh, people who sin against him uh, until it is finished, until it is drained to the bottom. Okay, an example of that is Psalm 75, verse 8. It says, In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out, and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. And that's the cup we're talking about. And what we've seen in John's Gospel is that the plan between the Father and the Son is for Jesus to drink this cup. Right? That is what his death on the cross was about. He willingly suffered the wrath of God against sin. That's why he went to the cross. And of course, um, we must know that it wasn't for his sin. Right? Jesus was sinless, uh, he was innocent, and he had done nothing wrong, but he did it to save those he loves. Okay, And that's what we are reminded of uh, in verse 14, uh, as they lead Jesus away to Caiaphas, the high priest. John reminds us of something that Caiaphas said earlier in John's Gospel. He says, Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jewish leaders that it would be good if one man died for the people. And so John is reminding us here that Jesus' death is for the people. Uh, it's for his people. Right? The judgment that we deserve for our sin, uh, Jesus is going to the cross to take that upon himself until it is finished. You know, so you might like to imagine uh, that there is a cup with your name on it uh, and you know it is full of the judgment that you deserve for your sin. Uh, and it's just there waiting for you until the time you have to drink it. But imagine you go up and look at that cup and you find that uh, it's been emptied. Uh, someone else has drank the cup for you. 
Uh, that is what Jesus has done for those he loves. Uh, for those who believe in him, no punishment remains for them. Right, this, is, this is John 3.16, okay? Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son up to death on the cross uh, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, you know, will not perish under the wrath of God for eternity, but instead will have eternal life. Uh, that is the way that Jesus saves those that he loves. But hopefully there's a question that's on your mind, which is, who does Jesus love? Uh, how, how do I become one of those people that Jesus loves? You know, could Jesus really love me? You know, after everything that I've done, could I be one of those people that Jesus loves? And so what we see next is going to help us understand who Jesus loves. And that is that uh, we see Jesus loves the unlovely. And so if we, if we flash back again to chapter 13, the beginning of that meal that Jesus had with his disciples, uh, when he predicted Judas' betrayal, uh, he also predicted something else. Uh, he predicted that Peter, you know, his, his rock, one of his disciples, uh, was going to uh, disown him. And so we have a look at that now from chapter 13. Uh, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I'm going, you cannot follow now but you'll follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And so Jesus said to Peter back then, where I'm going, you cannot follow. And what do we see Peter doing straight away? following Jesus. Okay, he wasn't meant to follow him now, but he, but he follows him. He follows him into the courtyard, okay, and there's a, there's a servant girl there on welcoming that day, and she asks him, are you one of his disciples? Uh, and Peter straight up denies that he is, and he disowns Jesus. Uh, and that's one time uh, of three. There's two more coming. Uh, but before we get to those, uh, John sort of cuts the scene to Jesus to show us Jesus on trial. And you ask, why is, what, is, what is John doing here? And what he's doing is giving us a contrast between Peter and Jesus at this point. And what we see is that Jesus is there. Jesus is laying down his life for Peter. And not because Peter is, is worthy of his love, uh, but just because Jesus has set his love upon Peter. And meanwhile, the contrast is there, Peter outside who claimed he could lay down his life for Jesus, uh, is not even close, uh, but he is disowning Jesus. And so if you want to know who, who we are like, uh, we are like Peter. We too are unlovely. Uh, we are unworthy of God's love. You know, you might think, I've never denied Jesus. Uh, but actually, we deny Jesus all the time by the way that we live. We ignore his commands daily. You know, just one of them is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, can anybody say they have done that or even got close to that, even for an hour of their life? And the answer come back, comes back, no, not even close. We deserve God's wrath and judgment for our sin. But Jesus drank that cup 
for those he loves. And so it doesn't matter who you are or or what you've done in your life, uh, if you believe in Jesus, uh, if you come to him for mercy, uh, then he will save you too. And, And you can know that you are one of those people who he loves. Right? Jesus' love is spring-loaded and abundant and it is free. You don't have to pry it from his hand. Uh, he wants to give it to you. He wants to save you. And so if you come to him and believe in him, he will forgive you. Uh, he will welcome you with open arms. Uh, something that we do here at church is Christianity Explored. Uh, if you would like to know more about how do I become a follower of Jesus, how do I believe in him, Uh, What what does his death mean? All those kind of questions. Come to Christianity Explored. Uh, We take four weeks to go through that really simply, really clearly. And you can ask just any question that you want. Uh, And so if you'd like to know more about that, if you'd like to uh, know more about Jesus, uh, let us know and come along to that. Uh, That's coming up later this week. All right, so back to John. And as Jesus approaches the cross, what are we seeing here? We're seeing his wisdom and his power on display and how he uses that to save those he loves. And those he loves are those who are not worthy of it. They are the unlovely. And this was written for us so that, you know, when following Jesus gets hard, you know, we won't quit. We won't give up on following Jesus. Because as we read these words, uh, we can know that how Jesus is acting toward his disciples Uh, is how he acts toward his disciples today, to those who believe in him, right? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And so if you want to know how Jesus feels about you, how he is acting toward you now, you can read about it in the Gospels and know the way he acted toward his disciples is the way that he's acting toward you today. Uh, The way he loved them is the way that he loves you. The way that he protected them is the way he protects you today. If you believe in Jesus, you are one he loves, you are one of his disciples, he is doing amazing things for you today. And the way we see him acting in the Gospels is the way that he is acting towards you at this very moment. You know, so when the New Testament writers were writing to churches that were struggling, you know, that were... Uh, weary and and ready to give up on following Jesus, uh, the way that they encouraged them, the way they strengthened them, uh, was to keep pointing them back to Jesus and the cross and and saying, remember him, remember how he was. So one of those examples is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3, uh, where the writer um, says to the people he's writing to, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, and that's Jesus, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And so looking to Jesus is really strength to endure uh, when following him is hard in this world. When you feel like things are out of control in your life and you wonder if God is is still there, consider Jesus' wisdom and his plan and, and know he has good plans for your life too. When you face really strong opposition against you because you follow Jesus... Consider Jesus facing the mob and his power to floor them with just a word and his desire to protect those that he loves. Right, when you sin, right, when you fail again and again and you wonder, how could God still love me? 
Consider Jesus' mercy for those who deny him. Uh, He welcomed Peter back in. Uh, He'll welcome you. And when you fear death, uh, you're not sure about what what awaits me on the other side. Is Is it God's acceptance or is it his judgment? Consider how Jesus suffered in your place for your sins. And remember Jesus promised to his disciples that he would raise them up on the last day? Well, that is a promise for you as well. And so you can know that on that last day, you are not destined for God's wrath, uh, but you are destined to receive salvation, uh, God's welcome and acceptance and peace with God. And so we know that following Jesus is hard in this world, uh, but it is worth it. Right, the hard things we endure in this life because of Jesus, they are just not worth comparing with what God has planned for us, with what he has promised, uh, with our wonderful future uh, that he will give to us. And so when following Jesus gets hard, uh, here is here's what to do. Uh, open up your Bible. Uh, consider Jesus on the way to the cross. Uh, look at how he is. Look at how he acts toward those he loves. And then follow him. Live for him who died for you. Let's ask God to do that work in us now uh, by his grace. Would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love for us. Love that took Jesus all the way to the cross. And we thank you that you used all your wisdom and power to save us from what our sins deserve, your wrath and to bring us into your eternal loving protection. And we pray, Father, we would not be those who grow weary and lose heart as we face opposition, but those who, by your grace, can look to Jesus and endure in trusting you, obedient to your will, and always remembering the joy it is to know you now and the hope that we have of enjoying you forever. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.